This is Workers' Comp Matters, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, the only legal talk network program that focuses entirely on the people and the law in workers' compensation cases. Nationally recognized trial attorney, expert, and author, Alan S. Pierce is a leader committed to making a difference when workers' comp matters. Welcome to Workers' Comp Matters. This is Alan Pierce on the Legal Talk Network, bringing you another edition of our show. We are actually recording today's podcast at the Bacara in Santa Barbara, California, where we are attending the annual meeting of the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group. And we have two special guests today to talk about pooled special needs trust administration for settlements where the assets or the monies from that settlement need to be managed because of the particular circumstances of the injured worker. Before we begin, I want to thank our sponsor, PI Now. If you need a licensed private investigator anywhere in the United States, contact PINow.com for more information. As I mentioned, we have a couple of guests. Uh, one is a returning guest, attorney Andrew Reinhardt. Andy is from Richmond, Virginia. He is a, an attorney who handles workers' compensation claims on behalf of injured workers. He is a graduate of St. Lawrence University and Syracuse Law School in New York. He's a member of the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia Bars. He is well recognized as an expert in workers' compensation. He has uh, been named and recognized by uh, best lawyers, uh, uh, by super lawyers. He's been a leader in Virginia and nationally. He's a past president of Willig. Our next guest is Joanne Marcus. She is the executive director of the Commonwealth Community Trust, a nonprofit organization that administers pooled special needs trusts across the country. She has over 35 years of experience in nonprofit administration and served as the executive director of CCT for 19 years. She speaks nationally to professional groups and community organizations, uh, such as the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys and others. So I want to welcome Andrew and Joanne to Workers' Comp Matters. Thank you, Alan. Uh, before we begin, uh, uh, Joanne, I'd like to ask you, what exactly is a pooled special needs trust and why uh, are they helpful to those of us who practice workers' comp law? A pooled special needs trust administers um, funds for people with disabilities and particularly for, for free people who are um, receiving government means-tested benefits such as SSI and Medicaid. Uh, we have the expertise to protect those benefits and then also for folks who may need a special needs trust because of the nature of their disability. They cannot manage the funds themselves or there is no responsible person to help them in that role. So um, we're a nonprofit organization and all pooled special needs trusts are nonprofit organizations. And the reason we use the word pooled is the funds are pooled for investment purposes but each sub-account is maintained separately. So each client or beneficiary has their own sub-account. Okay. Andy, as a fellow practitioner representing injured workers for all types of injuries from the not so serious to the catastrophic, uh, give me an idea in your practice how 
the utilization of a special needs trust, especially a pool special needs trust, uh, uh, is helpful in a particular type of case that you might resolve or settle on behalf of your client. Sure. So, Alan, as it turns out, as it turns out, we have handled thousands of cases for injured and disabled folks, and among those cases are folks who have three types of problems that that prevent them from being able to handle their own money. One is physical. An example would be paraplegic, quadriplegic, who possibly can't handle his or her money. Another another problem might be mental incapacity from a from a brain injury, for instance. And a third problem is perhaps that someone may not be able to hold or handle the money because in doing so by having the money, they would be, they would be disqualified from various government services and monies like Medicaid and SSI. So in order to get around that problem, lawyers like us, Alan, often will have the money paid into a trust. It's money that is for the benefit of our client but they don't actually have the money in their name. They don't actually manage the money. And one of those sub sort of parts of trust would be a special needs trust. We could have a medical bill paying trust, but a special needs trust is unique in that the federal government and CMS will say, uh, and each state's Medicaid laws may be different, but will basically say that because that money's in a trust, you can still qualify for Medicaid to pay your bills and, and SSI. However, special needs trusts present their own unique problems in that special needs trusts can be expensive to set up. uh, You're still going to need a trustee. A trustee may charge a lot of money to uh, manage the the trust. And you may not have a family member that will do it for free or can be bonded. So that's where we get into a unique circumstance where uh, Joanne's company, Commonwealth Community Trust, provides a service that solves the first problem of having a trust, a special needs trust, but the second problem of having it be affordable. Uh, because what, what they do is they, they pooled all the various clients' monies and they, they provide a very affordable service. And amazingly, they will, they will not only be reasonable in their, in their charges, uh, and invest the money, but they, they will, they will set up a, a pooled special needs trust for one of your clients, even though it's as little as five thousand dollars. So it's it's difficult to find somebody that does that, uh, and they do it on a national basis for our folks. So it's tremendously helpful. Okay, now uh, are the assets or the monies that go into this pooled trust settlement proceeds, or let's say I have a client who is getting. $800 a week in workers' compensation benefits, and the receipt of those monies somehow are counted as assets for Medicaid or Medicare or, or other purposes. Can weekly checks be uh, delivered to the trust or only the proceeds of a lump sum? It's going to be either a lump sum or a stream of payments like an annuity. In either event, uh, the annuity could be set up so that the, those monies are payable or the lump sum set up so those monies are payable to the pool trust and by virtue of the money being held by them, they can then manage the money. They can invest the money. They can pay bills for our clients. And so we've handed our folks over to somebody that treats them as their fiduciary, much like we would hope a family member would do. Okay, so when, when you mentioned that the proceeds could either be turned directly over from the settlement or from an annuity, 
Do I take that to mean uh, because of the utilization of structured settlements in a workers' comp case where we might settle the case for $300,000 to the claimant, but because the claimant can't or shouldn't handle $300,000, we might structure that so that they might, the insurance carrier will purchase an annuity that might pay them $1,500 a month for life guaranteed 20 years, something like that. Would that annuity uh, or that structure be payable to the, the pooled trust or does the claimant have to purchase uh, well, the, the, the annuity that then goes into the trust? The, the annuity is going to be purchased by the insurance company that is closing the file. The receipt of the, the right to receipt of payments is our client, but an order will be entered uh, approving the settlement that will state that on the claimant injured worker's behalf, the monies are paid to the trust. So that includes either the lump sum or stream of payments, and we might do one or the other or some combination thereof, depending upon each case and the financial needs that our clients might have. Okay. So Joanne, let me, let's uh, take it from there that uh, Andy settles the case and uh, monies, let's say $100,000 comes to CCT for administration. Uh, you say there's a subaccount created with the name of the claimant as, how do you term it, uh, him or her, beneficiary? The beneficiary, yes. Okay, and the trustee is whom? Um, the, the trust, well, we, Commonwealth Community Trust is the trust administrator. Okay. And as a nonprofit organization, we have contracted with a trustee. And in this case, uh, we have Capital First Trust uh, Company as the trustee, uh, effective January 1. And these are all appropriately licensed, bonded, fiduciarily oh. Uh, reputable. Okay. Absolutely. We have a board of directors, uh, attorneys, and uh, certified financial planners and CPAs. It's a, a comprehensive board of directors that chooses the um, trustee. All right. All right. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk further with uh, Andy Reinhardt and Joanne Marcus. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Does your law firm need an investigator for a background check, civil investigation, or other type of investigation? PINow.com is a one-of-a-kind resource for locating investigators anywhere in the U.S. and worldwide. The professionals listed on PINow understand the legal constraints of an investigation, are up-to-date on the latest technology, and have extensive experience in many types of investigation, including workers' compensation and surveillance. Find a pre-screened private investigator today. Visit www.pinow.com. Welcome back. We are uh, again joining uh, with Andy Reinhardt and Joanne Marcus talking about uh, Pooled Commonwealth Community Trusts. Uh, that's the name of the company, but Pooled Special Needs Trust Administration. Uh, Andy, give us a real world example. Give me an, an idea of one of your cases that sure. you settled and why uh, you chose or at least felt it was in your client's best interest for the client himself not to have full possession of these funds and uh, why CCT or Commonwealth Community Trust was a vehicle of choice to uh, to accomplish your goal. Sure. So I'll just give the name of a not our real client. I'll call him Billy. And in our case, Billy uh, settled his workers' comp case for, let's say, half a million dollars. It's a lot of money. Congratulations yeah, to, you, to you for negotiating that. 
But but the problem is Billy is brain injured. He has no family members that can manage the money for them because even though they may love him and care for him, they're not equipped to manage the money. They're not equipped to invest the money. They can't be bonded. So we we have to have a solution to that. We know the money has to go into a special needs trust for a number of reasons. We know that we have to also fund as part of it a Medicare set-aside account. So the payments to pay the professional administrator and pay the bills have to go through the trust. So we're looking for somebody that can do it a great job at a reasonable price. So Commonwealth Community Trust has been in business for 30 years. They've got uh, injured, disabled clients in 42 of the 50 states. And amazingly, they can, they can provide this service very economically, provide a great service. They've got uh, uh, people that answer calls that come in. They'll manage the money. They'll, they'll invest the money. Uh, and, and as it turns out, uh, over time, it's the best choice for our client uh, because they don't have a family member that can do this. Okay, so Billy's $500,000 goes into this trust. How much does Billy receive on a weekly or monthly basis? How does he receive it? And can it be varied if, if uh, Billy wants to purchase a home or a vehicle or use a larger sum of money than whatever he may be getting per month? How does that happen? Well, of course, the pool trust acts as a fiduciary and over time they'll make decisions that is in our client's best interest. But up front, we're going to come up with a game plan that may be adjusted. For instance, we're going to know what is his monthly budget? How much money does he need on a regular basis? Is there enough money to buy a home, um, which could also be an exempt asset, so he could still qualify for Medicaid and SSI? Um, will he need uh, somebody to serve as a nurse case manager? Um, will he need, in some of these cases, a very large home health care? Who's going to pay the home health care provider? So we may set up a combination of lump sum and annuities and maybe a couple different annuities, all geared to, over time, providing all of our clients financial and other needs. And it can be done through a settlement where the money ultimately is going to be administered by Commonwealth Community Trust. Mm -hmm. And let me just sort of give you another situation. I, I uh, had a case not that long ago where uh, one of my clients received a fairly significant lump sum settlement, not uh, in the area that your uh, client Billy received. Uh, and it wasn't long after that, uh, that there was some trouble in the marriage, uh, uh, a divorce ensued, and all of a sudden um, the other spouse was seeking a portion of the lump sum settlement, which was in the joint uh, checking account of the household. Would, would something like this, especially in a marriage relationship, protect the assets from something like divorce or creditors or uh, other, other entities? Yes, I believe so. Because again, keep in mind that this money is in the trust for the benefit of the claimant but it's not actually in the claimant's name. So he doesn't control that asset. And if the claimant uh, got uh, really sick and had to go into a nursing home, um, would, is there a look back period? In other words, if a month after the, the uh, special needs trust was set up and he had to go into a nursing home, could there be a look back window that uh, they could go after those assets? Well, there, there are going, if complications develop down the road, 
it's all, always possible that we could perhaps go back to the Workers' Comp Commission in my state or your local tribunal to seek some type of amendment of what is in the best interest of the injured worker. Okay. Now, do you have any you have any questions for Joanne? I know you and Joanne have worked together. Well, maybe I have undersold their services. I think they do such a great job with Joanne. What what other things can you tell folks that you do and how it is that you're able to do uh, your work for such a reasonable price? Well, as a nonprofit organization, um, we are committed to what is in the best interest of our beneficiaries. And we're very fortunate uh, to have staff with that same focus in mind. Uh, we have professional staff that serve the beneficiaries um, and the beneficiaries advocates. So um, primarily we're working very closely with people to determine what the needs of the beneficiary are for the funds in their trust. And um, they will uh, have access for those funds for various purposes, um, but the trust is for the sole benefit of the beneficiary, and uh, we always keep that in the forefront of our minds. Um, they call, they get a person that answers the phone. Uh, we have an amazing website where the attorneys that work with us have access to documents and the process of joining. Uh, they can also call and get questions answered as needed uh, when they're going through the process of setting up an account with us. Um, we're very aware of our responsibility to provide the best quality services. And um, we always look forward to uh, working with uh, new uh, attorneys and returning attorneys and new clients. So uh, again, um, we're a charity, a nonprofit organization. We have an attorney on staff that's available to help as needed. And our primary responsibility as far as managing investing the funds and dispersing the funds for the benefit of the beneficiary. Which brings me to mind, Andy, a couple of questions that, that just sort of came to me. Frequently, unfortunately, we have um, death cases in workers' comp where a stream of benefits go to the surviving spouse. And if there are dependent children under 18, um, the spouse generally will accept those benefits on behalf of his or herself and the children, but frequently, or at least not uncommonly, sometimes the surviving spouse no longer qualifies for uh, dependent benefits under a workers' comp statute. She or he may remarry, or in my state may be self-supporting without the workers' comp benefit, but the children uh, could be eight, nine, ten years of age, and do you see utilization of a pooled special needs trust um, important for, for example, the benefits of children? Well, it, it certainly could be. As I mentioned, there, there are three types of categories, whether it's physical, mental, or legal problems with managing and holding money, and that could, that could include minor children uh, because they are, for legal purposes, incompetent or disabled from handling money. Okay. 
Another question, and either of you could answer this. Uh, frequently, those of us who handle workers' comp also handle other types of civil cases. And um, more often than not, I may, be, may have a client that is uh, tenuous financial grounds, might be on SSI, might be receiving Medicaid. In other words, receiving a stream of benefits that are dependent on their or, or elder housing or subsidized housing where uh, monetary benefits might disqualify them. So if I were to receive, achieve, for example, a $30,000 settlement from a rear-end collision and um, the, the amount of money that that client would receive might cause their housing costs to go up, might get them off SSI until it was spent down, could I arrange to have the proceeds of that settlement go into a pooled special needs trust as opposed to then be being delivered directly to my client and find that he or she leaves loses other services. And, and we did that recently with Joanne. We have a client who uh, is going to receive enough money that he will have some money set aside for the future, but will also purchase a home. Even though the home itself may be an exempt asset and this varies by state, the mere receipt of money will disqualify him in Virginia for the first month. So even though it may be a short-term usage of, of the trust, Commonwealth Community Trust Pool Trust, it's still vital to have that option that we would not otherwise have at a reasonable price. Yeah, and I think this kind of underscores for our listeners, especially those of us out there that practice workers' comp and deal with uh, monies on behalf of our clients that we sometimes have to fight very hard to achieve. And, you know, I have always taken a position, our responsibility their attorney doesn't end when we have these signed stamp settlement papers in the feet and the other checks are disposed of. We're not doing our job with respect to the monies our clients receive unless we think these things out. And uh, years ago when I started in this business, it wasn't like this at all. We'd uh, move a case and we'd go on to the next one and we're not doing our clients a service if we're not aware of all of this. That, that's why oftentimes the back end of one of our cases, we are effectively engaged in our hire other lawyers to assist with, in effect, estate planning. We're, we're planning their financial well-being with the assistance of other experts like an estate planning expert, a Medicaid expert, uh, a Medicare expert who we work with, and then someone like Commonwealth Community yeah. Trust. They have a full financial plan for the future. All right. So, Joanne, if somebody wanted to get in touch with, with you and community, uh, Commonwealth Community Trust, just uh, give us uh, contact information. Absolutely. Um, so our phone number is 804-740-6930. And our website is uh, trustcct.org. All right. Well, I want to thank you both, uh, Joanne and Andy, for being guests on Workers' Comp Matters. And I want to thank those of you out there who listen and thank you for listening. Look forward to our next show. In the meantime, go out and make it a day that matters. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Workers' Comp Matters today on the Legal Talk Network, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, where we try to make a difference in workers' comp legal cases for people injured at work. Be sure to listen to other Workers' Comp Matters shows on the Legal Talk Network, your only choice for legal talk.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.